So you just say stuff and I'll react to you. That's how it works. This is how a podcast works. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, let me uh, let me throw some... When you, when you think of uh, the name De Niro, what what movies jump out at your mind? What characters and movies and stuff jump out at you when you think of that name? Well, the first thing I, that comes to mind actually is the Bananarama song. The Bananarama song? Yeah. Tell me more. It's called Robert De Niro's Waiting. Really? Yeah. How? What? It just goes. Robert De Niro's waiting, talking Italian. <laughs> Is that, so that's the first thing that jumps to your mind when yes. I say B- Robert De Niro? Yes, because yeah. it, it plays on the iHeart80s channel that I play at work. <laughs> All right. Because it's Bananarama. Okay. And that's the, that's, the, that's the thing that jumps into your head. Yes. I, I like the dancing there you were doing there with your. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You want to hear it? Shall I play some? Sh- sh- you know what? Fuck it. Sure. Yeah. Just make sure. Hopefully, I'll, the mic will pick it up. But I'm sure it will. Well, we don't want it to pick it up. This is just for us. This oh, is just okay. All righty. Well then. Because we don't. We'll, want we'll cut this issues. part. That, yeah. Yeah. All righty. Here we go. I know how that works. Yeah. This is not. What? What? <laughs> I never knew this song. I know. This is a deep cut? Probably. Okay, enough of that. That's I don't need to hear any more. <laughs> that was not the thing I was expecting you to bring up <laughs> of anything. I, you know, my god. Okay, well, mine's a fucking uh, you know, a regular answer, you know. I <laughs> You know, you think of. You, you, know, you don't think of the fucking <laughs> banana rim. If you want to talk film, probably the first um, De Niro movie that I ever saw was Awakenings. I used to actually watch that a lot when I was a kid. Yeah, and uh, with, with Robin, my other fucking. With Robin Williams. With my other and fucking Marge favorites. Yeah, and Marge Simpson did have that wonderful blue hair in that movie. She spoke, spoke like that too, but you know. There's there's so many wonderful performances. I mean, he played Al Capone in The Untouchables. He played, of course, in, in Goodfellas as well as Casino, playing uh, gangsters to uh, the best of his ability. Me, uh, all of all of his stuff, all of his stuff with Marty, Cape Fear, as oh, well Cape as great. Uh, he's great in that, I love and that that's it, that's. That's Scorsese's uh, De Palma movie, more or less. Oh, that totally makes sense. You you know a bit about that film that I remember reading about a little bit ago, and I forget why, was, you know when he goes to meet Juliette Lewis, who we love? um, We're eventually going to do that movie. Yeah, we should. Um, In the theater for her class, and then he kind of, um, he like, puts his arm around her and she's yeah. all flatter yeah. and he puts his thumb in her mouth and yeah. then kind of makes out with her. Yeah. Not the character, but Juliette Lewis, the actress, was all like, oh my God, I just made out with yeah. Nero. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really neat. And both he and um, Scorsese, Scorsese were, were, were like, dude. Creeped no, out by that shit. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not how you should feel about that. Yeah, that, that's that, weird. You yeah, fucked up. Yeah, Not and okay. you know, I mean, he's he's done nearly everything, and probably did his best, stu- his last great 
fucking decade overall was was the 90s, our favorite mm. decade, because, you know, just, okay, I'm just going to read some things just so we can get ourselves ramped up for the fucking horseshit we have to talk about. You know, but, you know, his, you know, he's doing oh, oh, Awakenings and Goodfellas in 1990. He does that the same year. Well, that's so So that's range. impressive. Um, then, you know, guilty sus- by suspicion about uh, being a blacklisted uh, communist writer. And, you know, Backdraft... Cape Fear, Mistress, which is a Hollywood, uh, uh, Hollywood uh, satire thing, and uh, Night of, uh, Night in the City, Mad Dog, Mad Dog and Glory, which we're gonna also cover this. Mm. Uh, this Boy's Life with Leo in '93. Yeah, he's nasty. Bron- uh, yeah, Bronx Tale in '93 as well. That That's the same year. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein in '94. In '95, he does. Two of my absolute favorites of all time, Heat and Casino, which is insane oh, yes. that they he did it both in the same year of doing that. They both were released, yeah. And then uh, another movie I wanna um, I wanna cover on this podcast called The Fan with Wesley Snipes about him oh, yeah. being a San Francisco super fan, getting really really who's really weird and sings loudly and obnoxiously to the Rolling Stones in his car. Which I had a very emotional connection. Anyway, but you know, then does Marvin's Room, Copland, Jackie Brown, Wag the Dog, Great Expectations in '98, as well as Ronin in '98, and then things start to get. He starts doing comedies, and then, but he is ne- He needs to be used well, and I think this is one of the reasons why. One of the many reasons why the the one of both movies actually but one of the reasons why showtime f- fails is because they're not using him correctly in a very specific wa- uh, very specific way so he has analyzed this and flawless in 99 uh flawless with philip seymour hoffman uh, that's a story about him uh, about a uh, bigot trying uh, connecting with a a drag uh uh, a person who does drag, oh. played by Float Seymour Hoffman. I thought we could also yeah, that's not pos- something I would like. To again, something that's kind of up your alley, and it's Philip Seymour Hoffman playing the drag, who's and, always great, uh, who's always great, and um, always great. Uh, he, uh, then then start uh, two thousand something something seriously goes wrong. So listen to this. So we have the Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle in two thousand, Men of there? Honor in two thousand with Cuba Gooding. Go- Cuba Gooding Jr. playing a person saying, hey, you should dive better, you know, in the military. Um, as well, and then the great movie from 2000, Meet the Parents, which is iconic and it makes the most sense. A, you know, oh, you have to meet your fiance's dad. And he's a CIA officer. Wackadoo comedy. And it's yeah. actually humorous and it's actually good. Who plays the, the mom in that? Uh, Blythe Danner. Oh, lovely. And, uh, and, um, it's, it's uh, Owen Wilson. It's one of the very, uh, Ben Stiller, of course. And then we have, and then start, sh- sh- shit starts to go south. And we have 15 minutes, which is about a, a, a movie about rea- uh, people following, re- like reality shows. And then the score with Edward Norton and Marlon Brando with, when Brando just didn't do any of his lines and just improv- improvised every single scene he was in. That was pretty was decent, though, wasn't it? it? It's it's 
it's something that we need to redo or something that I'd love to do on the pod, but it is, uh, it's a interesting and fascinating mess. Oh, okay. But it, it's, it's one of those. Yeah, it's really, but it's, anyway. You showed it to me many, many moons ago. Yeah, uh, but then we have uh, freaking, you know, then we have Showtime, which we're talking about, then City by the Sea with James Franco. Analyze that. Godsend, Shark Tale, uh, animated Shark Tale, Meet the Fockers, you know, and then it just starts to get really rough. I mean, anyway, but... Um, this is not, this is, you would think, you know, going in, you have the fun, one of the funniest people in the world, you know, at that time, at the, time. At the high, at, you know, not necessarily at the height of his powers, but a big box funny? office powerhouse. Eddie Murphy was, um, this is the last time he was good before that was in 99 with, uh, Bowfinger, which is really was good. Shrek? That's ninety nine. I think uh, Shrek is two thousand uh, is in the early two thousand. But let me double check. The uh, oh, shit. There uh, and there were all the Nutty Professor. Movies. There were all the mu- Nutty Professor movies. So uh, just so you know, uh, this is Eddie Murphy's uh, I uh, come up of this is like okay. So we have <laughs> Vampire in Brooklyn in. Oh my. 1995, as well as the uh, uh, Nunny Professor 96, Metro 97, uh, in uh, Dr. Doolittle 98, Holy Man 98, Life 99, Bowfinger 99, Nutty Professor 2, 2000, Shrek is 2001, Dr. Doolittle 2 is 2001, and uh, Showtime is 2002, and then the same year that he does Showtime, he also does The Adventures of Pluto Nash. Oh, my. As well as I Spy. They all came out at the same fucking time. Anyway, and then Daddy Daycare. Anyway, but uh, it's it's not it, it's not good. There are good there are good buddy cop movies by, by both of them. Uh, 48 Hours with Walter Hill uh, with uh, Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte in 82. Oh, yeah. Really, really, really hard-edged. And, you know, the classic buddy uh, movie, Midnight Run, from 1988 with Charles Grodin. And um, t- what, uh, the, two, uh, the two movies we're talking about today are Showtime from 2002 and Hollywood Homicide from 2003. Two of the worst buddy movies I have ever, buddy cop movies I've ever seen in my life. I mean, and I've seen a lot of, gar- I've seen a lot of garbage, but at least... You know, decent gar, decently made gar, uh, decently made garbage from the '80s. This is not this. Uh, they feel like they don't want to be here. The this move, both movies feel like paycheck movies. But uh, yeah, and um, there's all sorts of frustrating. There's all sorts of frustrating <laughs> feelings right now. This comes. Uh, they both come out like Showtime comes out in March of 2002. So like. Like only a hand, like six, nine months away from from nine eleven, and so everyone, so no one knows what to do. They're trying to. Uh, it's interesting that both these movies are lauded as like kind of cop. You know, the cops will do it, and they'll you you can you can trust them. You can definitely trust silly Eddie Murphy as a cop, and also Robert De Niro as a cop. That'll definitely turn things around. Uh, Showtime did not make money, 
whatsoever. Um, Not surprising. <laughs> it was just really mediocre. Everything just fell really flat. We saw all the jokes coming a mile away. They both seemed to be, you know, they were, everyone was adequate, including Rene Russo and whatnot, but everyone just kind of felt like they were sleepwalking through their roles. Just, uh, they didn't even break, they lost, he, they lost money and very, very close to, budget was $85 million, box office across the globe, everything included, $77.7 million. So you were, and that, I'm sorry, that sounds weird, but it's like, you spent, you made just enough money to not even, not even break even on this fucking piece of shit. And, and we do have some big, we have some fairly big names here, Renee, as well as, uh, Mostef, now, now known as Yasin Bey, and William Shatner playing himself. Yes. That, this is a really, uh, but, you know, you would think that uh, they would have better writers. They're both, act, uh, uh, the movie would have better writers or just much more relaxed. They both feel, like, stiff and stilted. Especially, uh, I guess you could forgive it in some way towards Nero because it is him hating doing this movie and that reflects in his character hating to do this entire fucking oh, yeah, plot yeah. and shit. So it kind of is just him going on aggravated autopilot and not really doing anything special. There's no character. You know, you think of the other major uh, fucking characters that he's put together. Rupert Pumpkin from uh, King of Comedy, Under Scorsese, classic, you know, uh, Travis Bickle. Anything that, it, or anything after that, and in a lot of other movies, he is not, he is, you know, he is putting together a character meticulously and interestingly, and then after 2000s, he's usually now just playing an aggravated jackass or an old guy giving wisdom. And it curmudgeon. Had, curmudgeon. And that's why, unfortunately, that's what he was doing, more or less, between, like, 2000 and, like, 2019, save for a couple of projects. But for the a good handful of two decades, he was playing, like, a like wise old guy or aggravated old guy or, you know, unfortunately, he was not doing any... There's not a lot of nuanced characters that he has put together in the past 20 years. Until I suppose the Irishman? Between 1970 and 19... 19- yeah, he's done... And, like I said, he's done some really amazing stuff at, uh, after that but it's kind of few and far between yes the irishman as well and uh you know <sighs> let me see here the uh you know it's not just uh yeah and he's basically on uh, he's basically on autopilot uh autopilot doing handful of stuff putting in decent work but nothing he's not really stretching himself and there isn't a lot of layer layers i mean there's one in particular movie uh, called The Good Shepherd, which he directed, which is probably the best movie about the CIA. So he was, he is doing good work, and, but it's just, he does he's not doing as decent of work as he was doing from like 1970 to 2002, mm-hmm. you know. He's not, uh, he's not getting a lot to challenge him. And in the 11s or in the teens, the past decade, he hadn't been doing, he, you know, he, wor- he worked a lot and he did uh, decent enough characters, but nothing really... Wow, nothing really like jumped out anyway. But other than yeah, it took him a couple of decades for him to you know try and do something new or whatever. Anyway, but uh, this entire movie is just a fucking fail. <laughs> I I've tried. It, it seems like the more I try to remember what what's going on, the more it seems fleeting. So there's like 
Eddie Murphy wants to be a cop, but he also wants to be a performer, actor. No, he's, yeah, he's al- a cop he's already, already. Yeah, he's already a cop, but he's going out on auditions for cop roles and not landing them. Yeah, and getting very frustrated and saying, "Oh, I don't. I want to. I, 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 I want to be in the spotlight." He wants to feel. And uh, anyway, so uh, I uh, we'll, we'll we'll go we'll go through we'll go through it. I I will do the I will do the plot stuff so you don't have to, and we can just you know get through this. Okay, because, well you know, I'll fill just, in some gaps if I feel like any gaps need. If to be you want to, you know, say anything. Oh, by the way, didn't win at the twenty third Golden Raspberries. Would no you like to know? Would it's you not, like to, it's not even raspberry worthy. It's just mediocre. Well, here, just here's uh, it. Uh, it was not. It, it was nominated for worst actor for Murphy and worst screen combo for Murphy and De Niro. Mm. Yeah. So who took it? Uh, let's. Wor- uh, worst actor goes to uh, Roberto Benigni in the Pinocchio oh, movie that came that, out. That is a fever dream nightmare. So here, here's, uh, here's, but, uh, so worst actor went to Roberto Benigni, but there was Adrian Granani and Swept Away in the Swept Away movie, the Madonna movie, Swept uh, Away, yes. that uh, Guy Ritchie did. Eddie Murphy was in Pluto Nash, as well as I Spy, as well as Showtime, who was nominated in a triple thing. Oh, because it was gosh, like, that's wow, a bad How year. do you, I mean, but it's amazing. Adam Sandler in Eight Crazy Nights and Mr. Deeds, and, and of course, Steven Seagal in Half Past Dead. Mm. And he, yeah. But uh, worst support, uh, okay, so worst on-screen couple went to Adriano Gianni and Madonna in Aww. Swept Away. But the other one was Roberto Benigni and Niccolo Brasci and Pinocchio, Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman in Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Their love scenes in Episode Two, I guess they're talking about. About how he hates sand; it's rough and coarse, and it gets everywhere. Yeah. Which is now a meme, yes. Yeah, and Britney Spears and Anson Mount in Crossroads. Those were the nominees for oh. the raspberries. So before we get into it, real quickly, uh, would you like to see what else you could probably see in March of 2002? Yes, what else was playing, sweetie? What else was playing? Okay, so you could see 40 Days and 40 Nights starring the handsome oh. Josh Hart that we're going to be we'll talking talk about, about later. Um, all About the Benjamins with Ice Cube. Uh, Desert Saints with Kiefer Sutherland. Um a documentary already on 9-11. Wow. Which is insane. Uh, so this particular weekend, you could see the original Resident Evil with Mila. Uh, and and uh, a movie called Race to Space about the race to space with, J- with uh, James Woods. He was racing to his space. He's like smiling on the poster. He's like, ah, look at me. I'm James Woods. I have glasses on. That's a huge dick, yeah. And what? He has a huge dick? Yeah, that's kind of a known thing. Yeah, he's also a disgusting piece of shit. Yes. Pervert. Just like a really awful human being. Anyway, I didn't want to get into it. Well, conservative. Is he a pervert? He's, uh, I don't want to, but he's, uh, he's done and said, and, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to. We don't want to already. No, no, but he's a pretty, he's a big piece of shit, and Amber Tamblin has some, you know, oh, stuff ugh. to say about him. And anyway, so a Snow White movie in came out in 2002. 
Just called Snow White. The fairest of them all. Oh. Oh, as all right. The Hunchback of Notre Dame Two. Ali G in the house came I, out. I enjoy Ali G. Yeah, uh, Sorority Boys. That's gonna be uh, another movie that we're gonna need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Blade Two came out. Oh, and this also this month, probably one of my favorite movies I haven't seen in a very long time. We have to do it for the pod eventually. Death to Smoochie with Edward Norton and Robin Williams. Williams, Directed by Danny Danny DeVito. The fucking best. And, of course, that also that month, which is also on our... uh, um, The Piano Teacher, which is going to be paired, as well as David Fincher's Panic Room, as well as, Mm. you know... Jared uh, Jared Leto and Selma Blair and Jake Gyllenhaal in the movie Highway about uh, like kind of dirty off-road post-apocalyptic uh, dirtbags just like yeah like uh, drugs and the sex and r- driving the cars and vroom 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 and that's what uh, that's what Highway is but it's also a thriller and it's also really awful um, but and uh, National Lampoon's Van Wilder which. Is not oh, okay. A, okay, yeah, it's not um, good. Um, yeah, so uh, that's what you could that's what you could watch in the month of March of this year or of two thousand two. And what an abysmal, what an abysmal! Yeah, it's not, not, not there's not a lot of great other than Panic Room, and I, I love Death the Smoochie, but it isn't for everybody. Uh, yeah, there isn't a lot to watch, and you know, oh my god, so. Here we go. So, <laughs> here we go. How do we? Okay. So, two LA co- uh, LAPD cops, Detective Mitch Preston and Officer Trey Sellers, both for the Central Division, are paired for a reality police show and run into real trouble with a crime lord. Mitch shoots a news camera after a failed confrontation. Uh, confrontation. Local drug dealer Lazy Boy, who escapes by using a custom-built gun. Maxis, with two X's, with two X's, Maxis Television, the fictional network that employed the cameraman, decides to sue the police department for $10 million, but will drop the lawsuit if Mitch agrees to star in a reality cop TV show, which Trey Letter calls Showtime. We I, I jumped over a whole bunch of plot stuff, but I just I don't want to go no, through every single fucking thing and i know we've with for other movies we've gone through the what's next what's next and like getting That's all twisted really but, it I, but it's really not really worth it for both of them honestly yeah, I mean, true. it's really it, this is kind of excruciating so but you know and there are only like a couple of scenes like one or two like scenes that uh no two scenes probably where Eddie really showed his comedic, like, hell, you know, type of... That's not... That doesn't sound like him. But he showed his, like... Yeah, no, yeah. Which is the only, you know, whatever. Um, Which, uh, but we didn't really get any of the, like, Eddie... We got, like, glimpses of his, like, character cartoon, uh, you know, you can't intimidate me type of uh, persona on that uh in that it's like you can't tell me you know all sorts of stuff like that but it wasn't but we're not really seeing anything interesting from him even and then and it's not in the not only as a semi-professional stand-up but also just as an audience i 
I root for comedies. I want comedies to make me laugh. And this, and I'm, you can tell me I'm a pretty easy, I mean, I can be when I'm stoned enough and it's, and it's, you know, silly enough, I can uh, get some good guffaws, but this did not make me laugh at all. No. I mean, you're a no. tough cookie too, yeah, but you can really. Laugh, but, but also, but I can still enjoy a comedy even if I'm not laughing. I could be like, oh, I, okay. I enjoy I, that. There's yes, good jokes in this. That. There, that there's was put interesting. Together. That was well done. I'm enjoying. This That's clever enough. Yeah. That's what you do. And you know, you like a lot of my jokes, even though sometimes you don't laugh, but you can understand where I'm going for. Understand that it's a thing. But every single thing was either um, they, for instance. Supposedly, you he reference they reference um, every single major other cop oh, buddy co cop, uh, buddy cop thing in the world. Starsky and Hutch, and uh, mentioning Don Johnson, Al Pacino, and Serpico is on Eddie Murphy's. A poster you know, and Eddie Murphy's house, uh, in, yes. in Hawaii Five O. I think they did. Yeah, and it's it's not. Well, yeah, even when they were. Um, Will Shatner was um, directing the promo, and I'm and he's like trying to teach him how to you know hood jump and whatnot. I'm like, okay, T.J. Hooker, and then and they, they lampshaded it by being like, hey, I was T.J. Hooker, but and it's they don't just like I already called that like literally five minutes before you made that joke in the scene. We know it's gonna go there. Why even actually mention it? And all again, that uh, that was a main th one of the main things I kept on coming back to in my notes and what and what I kept what I've been kept on thinking about, even though I've thinking about both these movies, is how much they lampshaded it too much. You can even just do a clean joke. You don't have to. I so many times I I, I uh, throughout this movie, I, off the top of my head, I'm having trouble with any uh, particular examples. But they will, uh, uh, they will do the joke, and then Eddie Murphy will say the. Uh, there will be a visual joke. It's like, uh, and then Eddie Murphy will say, "Oh well, he he did that. Isn't that what you like saying like, exactly what like happened?" The, like so, the hood yeah. jumping thing with yeah. the promo. You know, Eddie Murphy's trying to be an actor. He went to you know action fight choreography classes and whatnot, like you do. And um, Will Shatner was trying to teach them to do it for the promo. And, you know, um, De Niro was not having it. He's like, that stupid cops don't do that. Then Eddie Murphy does it once he gets his new sports car. And he's like, yeah, you don't do that on your car because your holster scratches the paint. We see a massive scratch on the brand new car. Oh. And then when there's the big action chase sequence, which I tend to zone out on, you know, Robert De Niro has to jump from one car and land on the hood of Eddie Murphy's car. It's like, okay, we get it. It came full circle, but then Eddie Murphy straight up has to say, that was a good hood jump. Yes, We it. know. We know, dude. This Show is not... Again, and so uh, that was a main thing he between the both of those movies. He was a that did end up having to do that. Oh, isn't that ironic? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm saying, isn't it? Uh, is I'm saying the phrase, isn't it ironic? Okay, Out loud, like sad. it's a <laughs> gay. I'm saying the joke right now, and here is the joke, and now the joke has ended. Did, Did you, you laugh? Part of that. Do you that? remember when he said real cops never have to do that? Well, he's a real cop who just had to. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, with uh, that works in certain comedies if you're doing a certain tone but if you if you're poking fun at yourself but the thing is doesn't even want to
Pope finally doesn't even realize the bad and stupid writing in this. They're taking this as seriously. It's just it. They it it just it it, it just made me so unhappy and aggravated. And and to see one of my favorite fucking actors just have to deal with that. And he doesn't. De Niro doesn't want to be here. He, throughout this entire movie, he looks tired. He looks he looks like his character. He's he really, bored. He's bored. He's not doing anything. Daring, not doing anything at all. And uh, and yeah, we have we have Frankie Faison as the captain. Who's and there's so many tropes to every single um every single uh oh, every single beat of uh, beat of this. It seems so fucking over and uh, poorly written and they uh, uh so they have these people following them you know this reality show and uh again they're mentioning everybody that sliced alone you know as well as fucking dirty um dirty harry, harry. magnum pi magnum pi lethal weapon is referenced lethal weapon about the about the coke uh, i'm getting too old for this shit which they kind of co everyone fucking copied but they were the originators of it just it didn't it it fucking that was me. supposed to be a wink to the audience because robert de niro's in his conf confessional yeah but, but you know <laughs> you could i it was a lazy wink. It, 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 it wasn't even a wink. You could see it happening. With a wink, it's supposed to be quick. It's supposed to be fast. It's supposed to be clever. And it just it just didn't do that. Anyway, Trey enters the picture shortly after as a LAPD officer who actually wants to be an actor while, tr while also trying to become a detective. That's the other thing that fucking says, okay, it, that's in both these movies, like doing... doing it's hard enough being a fucking actor, and also being a police. It's hard enough being They're a police officer. Jobs. You, don't have you can't do both, especially if you're gonna become a detective. You could, you're gonna half-ass one, and it's gonna be a shit job. And then it just depends on whether you. Anyway, just fucking unhappy. Just uh, he pays a friend to snatch the purse of a, of the show's producer, you know, Rene Russo, which yeah, is where this, are we getting this? Uh, no, synopsis? we're going. Yeah, we're going through. This is Wikipedia saying that. Sorry, yeah, but uh, retrieves it after a staged fight scene, which which is really fucking ridiculous. We, we and saw stupid. Right, we saw right through. Yeah, so we weren't fooled for a bit. So I don't see how Rene Russo would have been. Yeah. As a, and, television producer. And I get, and supposedly because of this is poorly written again, she's impressed. Oh, wow, look how well that was put together. And there's a whole bunch of, and uh, De Niro gets into a way, he's like, oh, I don't want that. This is impersonating, uh, you know, this is all bullshit. I don't like this. And they see, Rene Russo sees the chemistry quote-unquote chemistry between Eddie Murphy and Robert De Niro and there has been there's never been so much anti <laughs> chemistry on screen I haven't seen that much fucking you know since the next movie we're gonna watch which apparently mm -hmm. they also did they uh apparently Harrison Ford did not like Josh Hartnett oh, really? throughout the entire thing we'll talk about that later anyway so 
Even though the depiction is embarrassingly revealed, Chase is impressed and signs Trey on anyway. It is quickly revealed that the show's producers have little interest in filming an actual police officer's existence. They build a mini-movie set in the middle of the station and replaces Mitch's nondescript personal car with a Humvee while Trey drives a C5 Corvette. So, I don't know... They also hire William Shatner to give both men tips on how to act while Trey is eager to learn. Mitch is merely annoyed. And we get it. Oh, he does. Robert De Niro doesn't know how to act like an actor. He's not a good, you know, mm-hmm. and, and fucking. And, they, uh, and the other thing that they put in this movie is the confessional shit. Of like here, which is a big trope now. Has been a trope for a very long time since and a whole bunch yeah, since the, the real world. TV. And uh, it just didn't. It and not nothing's good. Nothing's good about this with two fucking. Yes, there's the crime boss with his magic guns. Oh yeah, this this mysterious. You know, Mitch uh, still wants to investigate this super gun. This like made up like MK fucking yeah, thing that I've seen in like at, video games. But yes, at the um the big drug bust at near the beginning. Yeah. Um the ballistics after they're, you know, casing the crime scene and whatnot, the ballistics expert tells him, Oh, this is a shell from a gun that doesn't exist. Ooh, plot uh, plot point. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a, a a gun that's not even real. That's not even uh, an official type Gun, ooh. Which comes back in a pretty unsatisfactory yeah, way. Yeah, it's uh, through a club uh, you know, used by arms dealer Caesar Vargas to kill the drug dealer and his girlfriend. Yeah, they use that gun. Just uh, though a clever ruse by Trey, they are able to get the arms dealer's name from Rerun. Oh, God. You're, you're referencing Rerun, the dead dealer's henchman. However, uh, and there's that interrogation system, uh, scene with Eddie Murphy and Rerun, which is... <laughs> yeah, he, he tricks him into thinking that he's on um, a show for exposing criminals or something of that nature. Yeah. However, Vargas is less than cooperative. Because everybody wants to be on TV, so he confesses and gives up the name. Yeah. And there's a brawl at at Vargas's nightclub, and the, how they go into the nightclub is like they're hey, has uh, anybody uh, heard of Vargas? Yeah, he yeah, says is there right Vargas into the here, PA right into the PA, and then just says, uh, oh yeah, I've always wanted to scratch the record on the on the turntable and fuck that fucking bullshit up. Yeah, you is, have, that's a skill you have to know how to do. Yeah, that. and anyway, just. Trey and Mitch are able to defeat him and his henchmen and subsequently have a relatively friendly conversation on their way home. However, Mitch's good humor evaporates when he finds that in his absence, the Showtime producers have drastically remodeled his house and given him a retired canine dog as a pet. Yeah, they fuck up his... I, I wouldn't like that either. I wouldn't I don't want... know, man. They put up some pretty sick, like, um, there was old some nice posters things. of, like, old detective comics and stuff. I like, I I liked it a like little bit. I like some cool. of the stuff. I just, I would like to be asked. I just like to be asked. Anyway, Vargas and his crew assault an armored car and kill the crew, then devastate the police who respond. Yeah, uh, just... 
Trey and which is referencing my favorite Heat is again another fucking better action movie. Mm -hmm. And so many action movies do not or uh, just past, present, and uh, and future do not. No, uh, so many uh, people who direct action movies don't know how to direct action and don't do it yeah, in a way that makes sense. You said this movie would be improved if it were directed by Michael Bay. That is a that is some shade. Right yeah, there. yeah. Well, you know the the director is Tom Day, and Day is spelled D E Y. He also directed Shanghai Noon with uh, Owen Wilson and. You know Jackie Chan, mm-hmm. failure to launch with uh, Matthew McConaughey and Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, uh, Marmaduke in two thousand ten. Oh, lovely. And oh, Wedding Season. Oh, movie about a, a, a wedding season. But uh, and did oh my gosh, did a TV show? Is this ba- uh, based on the movie Snatch? By Guy Ritchie, oh. put together a whatever. So, but he does not know how to. This is this was not well made. I, the it just it it was ugly made. I didn't. When it comes to action scenes, and I've seen enough of them, you need to know. You need to have spatial idea of where everything is and where everything is going. And in a lot in the, in these two movies in particular, both visually and plot wise, yes, that it was. I, I was I was lost through very few parts of this where everything it's just it was just poorly it's some of the most poor action shit I've ever seen and it really made me un, made me unhappy. Uh, <laughs> are pulled into the shootout when the attackers flee in the in a garbage truck. Mitch gives chase in a police car and the ensuing mayhem the car is rammed by the garbage truck which winds up crashing into a construction site mitch's mitch survives by jumping from police car to trey's sports car he had previously denounced hood jumping as a useless skill and there he is doing it oh my gosh and he does it so well and oh my gosh it's it's so amazing it's just like 1987 fucking fuck you dude i fuck that shit fuck you but uh, just, you know, and uh, in the wake of the disaster, the police chief pulls the plug on the show, suspends Mitch from duty, and, you know, demotes Trey back to patrol. You know, when the, with the show ended, Mitch's car is returned and his apartment restored, but he refused to return the dog, or which he has grown fond of, which is nice. And he oh, enjoys it. It's nice that he likes That's a beautiful German yeah, Shepherd. Beautiful doggy. Uh, while watching the final episode, Mitch calls Trey and apologizes for his action, and even offers to help him. Ask for help, offers him to help ask questions at the detective exam. But while doing so, Mitch sees one of his police colleagues at Vargas's nightclub. He and Trey investigate, finding that Vargas is selling the weapons at a gun show at the Buenaventura Hotel. Yeah, that was uh, the ballistic. The ballistics expert yeah. from earlier in the film who remarked upon the gun not really existing, but then once he sees him in the club, is like, oh, they're in cahoots. He yeah. knew all about the magic gun all along. He, the magic, scary, made-up gun that's very much a real thing that kills people. Vargas flees with one of his weapons, taking Chase hostage in the process. The duo is able to rescue her via a 
pocket pistol concealed in a Maxis camera. I will say that was actually pretty cool. Yeah, I, didn't, that, I actually didn't see that coming. That was that was actually an int- I've never seen that in a movie before. A movie before of having the gun in the camera mm-hmm. or like a, a, and then shooting the gun through the and having it hit the anyway. So there's that, but the ceiling of the roof, the room is shot, and everything starts to fucking fall apart. Yeah, the ceiling. Yeah, in this, in this massive office building in downtown LA. Yeah, and it's located just below the pool, so it floods, and then there's water every. It just. Uh, yeah, and the window's blown out, so the water is flowing outside of the building like a giant waterfall, and we see both cops, you know, getting rushed away with the water outside of the building waterfall, but they are saved by being handcuffed together and caught on a pipe or something like that. And, the, and So they're just hanging there off this building, which would be scary as shit. But that also circles back to the whole bit about um, Eddie Murphy is known for being a cop that got sort of um, taken advantage of with his own cuffs and yeah. some of his fellow police officers. Uh, they make fun of him by loading his work locker up with the, you know... A couple dozen pairs of handcuffs, and it's his own cuffs that save him in the end. Oh, poetic justice. But here's here's the thing, is that the emotional beats of these characters are not earned. No, nothing is earned. I'm not nothing is earned invested at all. in any of these No, that, that was the other movies. thing, is that when action movies are done well, and I don't want to keep on bringing up Heat, but it's one of the very few you know examples that we have that heat and die hard when they're icon- when you do actual layered subtle well-written character work with all yeah. of your characters then when shit actually happens to them and they open up or they get shot or something happens that is vital to their life and not you know then you actually feel for them oh my god he actually died i feel for him i feel him walking around in a in a large building because he has gone through this he has a wife he has he has an ex-wife he's dealing with that we know so much about him and what his regular life is what are you know, John and, McClane, and, you mean? Yeah, yeah, John McClane, yes. What are, in this movie, we don't, ha- you know, De Niro's thing, a guy is yeah, a loner, no, and no that's been it, but there's nothing else we know about him other than him being a cop who just wants the facts, just the facts, or just the uh, crime. I just want to do this just the right way. And the only thing we know else about Eddie Murphy is that he's, uh, uh, that he's fast talking and he's like, oh, like I kind of want to be also famous too. And those and those are very, 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 very thin caricatures yes. of what we're trying to. Uh, if if they were going to do this properly, or they, you could write a well written comedy about this subject and make it fun and even funny, probably even you know with these same actors. But it was just. It's so poorly done, and it's so fucking, uh, it's just so ugly hollow, and there's no actual joke. The other thing is, it's not funny. There's no actual, actual joke jokes, and nothing actual funny. Even if the story was shit, I still sometimes get a kick out of how fucking funny that some of the jokes are, but there's no, no, there's nothing, there's no actual fucking comedy other than him uh eddie murphy going wild every once in a while oh yeah pl- uh, I- i'm gonna pretend to be johnny cochran or and then he uh, johnny cochran is in both is mentioned in both in movies both and films, yeah. seen in one of them in this one 
Which is insane. Yes, if you're uh, in the early aughts, if you're a criminal and get caught, apparently the trope is to yell, I'm going to get Johnny Cochran. Yeah, because just because just because, 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 just because they got off OJ, he got off to OJ Simpson, doesn't mean that he can get you out of, you know, uh, oddly, child Was that Johnny Cochran playing himself? Yeah, that was actual Johnny it, Cochran yeah, in the I first movie. I thought so, because it really, it really looked it, like It's him, nice. yeah. He was... Uh, Everyone really does want to be an actor. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so, who Trey is promoted to detective, and he and Mitch are not partners and still working together on a new case, and there are hints of a romance between Chase and Mitch. Oh, Chase, Rene Russo, and Mitch, known as Robert De Niro. Yes, they definitely have... They also have no fucking chemistry. There's nothing... That's not built upon. There's no... Yeah, so yeah I that's thought it was odd a, that they... It's like, okay, they end up together because it's a movie and it's in the script. But there's no reason for that. There's no spark or anything. She just happens to be the only main female character in yeah, this film. in this film. You know. Ugh. And, um... Ooh. And we find out at the end... Of how we finish this, like, ooh, Showtime is revived for a second season, and this time, on this season, we're gonna have ladies who are antagonistic, and they also look like a pretty Kardashian. Speaking of, you know, you know, O.J. Simpson, they also look like Kardashian. It's just fucking. Just like they're gonna be the antagonist ladies who are going to, you know, bump heads in the second season. And honestly, it. And I love the, how at that point, you know, the the two female cops are arguing, you know, for the cameras. It's semi-bogus. And De Niro's like, hey, they, they don't have our chemistry. And Rene Russo's like, look, that's why you have to guest star on the next season. It's like, okay. This, it's just, none, none of it's earned, none of it's interesting, and all of it's horseshit. Thank you. <laughs> and now for our uh, beloved uh, segment, Notes Without Context. Notes without context. Okay. These are notes that I wrote down while trying to watch probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. But the important thing is, and we're going to go over this with the second one, is that, guess what? Hour and a half. Quick. Or was much much quicker than the second one. Yeah, it was fairly short, so there is. That. A half an hour shorter than the other one. Oh, that was two hours. Oh. Yeah, the Harrison Ford one was two hours, and the Robert Dearell one was hour and a half. Both of them felt very long. All right, here we go. Cop teacher detectives stealing school children. This uh, this fun times. Eddie has excuses. Fighting for his life. Oh, God. Irish boys. Eddie. None is Peter. Actor. Cop wants to be an actor. Tough cops. T-U-F-F cops. Cop. Uh, Copyanda. Toga Shaggy. I think you were trying to say cop propaganda. Cop propaganda, Toga Shaggy. Top cop. Eddie, check in. Check out De Niro. De Niro humping repair shop. No, hanging around a repair shop. That 
He doesn't hump. I mean, he does. I, I've never seen De Niro hump. I mean, I've seen him in... Let's move on. Under a cove, most deaf. To, to snap, she would like to do business all over my business. Massive, Eddie doesn't look at all like the cop wants to punt Muhammad. What? Ooh, Punjaba, but you should get it in the gun. Gun hits my Slurpee all night. Florence, Florence and the insane gun. Zuzu Cash Ra, most deaf, you're gonna kill you, Eddie Job Offer. Ice Tray Devils shot the video camera, the cop berated Entanglement Cafe. Oh, by the way, Entanglement Cafe. This movie was produced by Will Smith. Just so you know, that is a real thing. <laughs> Will Smith. And I wrote down Entanglement Cafe. That's where you go to slip up the slurping feel of coffee and also have sex with your Is that the son's... end of your notes? What? No. Yes. No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm riffing here, baby. Enjoy oh, yeah. the insanity. No, it's all right. Um, kill you, Eddie. Job offer ice tray. The video camera caught berated with one, our entanglement cafe, Rene Russo cam pretty horror thing. Modern day Callaway frisk dead Ted Dickens reality slows patters NAACP of my off my back NAACP off my back oh my gosh flam flan flan Flanders baby bottoms story out all of all out of jobs everyone wants to see on the Eddie wants to be area cop for the big fight I'm talented lazy boy I'm talented lazy boy you get cock cock rerun yeah you get my cock rerun you get me yeah I, I know but I like to say that but it's funny you get my cock rerun mm, Cochran needs re rerun once Cochran at the cops Frankie is the best do the coke addicted Hollywood dickhead show you're for ch cheese Renezi's cocaine. She doesn't have a dick. Rene Russo is ready for the real food. I don't I don't tick. De Niro doesn't want to be part of this movie. Is to be physically playing himself. Audience is going to love your angry cherry tum tum. God damn it, Eddie, you you planned it out. Pat Coleman, that was incredible. Stage left. Stage couldn't butt it. But it works, arguing top cop, rewinding chemistry, giant great Kit Kat, most deaf boss, 2002 email, drug supplier is a butt puzzled. We cool lazy boy, massive shot, shoot him up at the house. Shatner is the director. Friday night, TJ Hooker, tell me how to be a cop to De Niro. Some, had, uh, some hood jumping, baby. Looks at the anger in his eyes. Cyanide code, change my clothes. Micro comms in the car, we we're given together, coveting the backs of my butthole. What is that I even mean? Every sense, every, every, 
Ever, ever since I was a cerebral palsy man, why, why did I write that? That doesn't make any sense. Ever since I was a CP, cerebral palsy man, I died? No, I didn't die. Uncle Reggie and the crying open casket collapse house drug payback every gun they they have annoying statement to camera makes me laugh of time supreme has changes chinese food <laughs> what no surprise has changed chinese food for bonding movie tropes set how real goes audience is de niro likes petty in the movie boarding at my house Boarding it all, gave him a humdinger, took his car, brilliant DeVito about his cum work, pace change, reinforced confessional, heart light at showtime, breathing and pouting at the camera, showtime, Wally, Wally Lucky laundry. Enjoy the montage, dialysis, Barry. <laughs> Jailhouse setting, find out the the form from the Justice Channel, framed exclamation point. I'll be going quick. Phones and shit. Find out the tush. It's intergalactic ass and feet and uh, emotional serial vespas in my cr me at the uh, at the crib. Oh shit, he's in the. He's in the club. Var Vargas. So much for my Vargas. Appreciating of the crumpets. Questioning bulletproof TV cops. People out there larranging too. Very 2002. Drug vets. My drug ya meerkat. Great TV. Beach party. Bonzo. There, me, there must be a bondage up my car. Don Johnson's scarcity in my ass what no uh scarcity no don johnson's robbery ass <laughs> new doors alertus re referencing my favorites hits the uh quite the cop charade here we are with the cameraman is fucked pretty elaborate jumping the f the front of the car cam cam shaded on that Funky, angry, at lot, Eddie and De Niro, full inventory detector, Karn, you, Jesus lacks the love that you find in yourself. Why? <laughs> I think you went to beat poetry every so often in your notes. Yeah, Jesus, oh, no, that says, no, Jesus lock, lo, locks the love and no one else, lock, or, no, that says Jesus lock and load, never mind. Uh, fairly predictable, worst of the action I've ever seen, cop crap. Lady, lazy, find the gunmaker's place, at, at ant to be hell, top at the gun show, they're amending extremely dangerous, and they together muse camera action. In my gun and the camera hit, and the shots, it all falls to shit. After its bullets in the ceiling, Tave <laughs> fall down to the falling water and the belled by the cuffs hanging over the foam, a skyscraper. I made you a loose chandelier. All right, and that was 
Not sound of contact. Okay. Well, that was certainly the most fucking cool I've I've been in like a couple of weeks. Yes, yes. Like Adam's family. Thank you. Uh, but um, that that was uh, that I I felt I, I felt like I was in a fugue state there for a moment. I, didn't know <laughs> I thought was, so too. That was great, or not really, but let's move on. Uh, there was so after that, were you hoping for something better? <laughs> after that movie, were you hoping for a better? What would you have hoped? Yes, I, I don't know. You you were like, this is going to be terrible. And I'm like, okay, I can do terrible. But it was just more mediocrity. More mediocrity. And that's what I mean, we... I mean, it was don't... a better movie, but not by a whole lot. And also... But not... And in some ways, it wasn't a better movie because it was an hour and a half longer. And they had even less chemistry in this movie. So... The movie we are talking about. Okay, so before we get into this, do you like Harrison Ford? I mean, he's he one he's of your, fine. He's fine. Yeah, and, but this is the one movie. This he's is Hollywood. Ho- what? He's on Solo. Yeah, he's Indiana Jones. Indiana you know, Jones, he's the course. Richard Kimball. He's played Rick Deckard from the Blade Runner. He's played oh, so yeah. many fucking Blade iconic characters. Some uh, stuff that we love him in so much. He's worked with the best directors, uh, you know, is you know Alan Bakula, the you know, of course Spielberg, as many different in uh, Peter Weir. He's worked with them all, and he does really in, uh, kind of heroic and sarcastic, wonderful work. Rapscallion, he's a uh, uh, type of persona that he's had for such a long time, yeah. and I liked it. And when it's done well, it's done well. And uh, now he's uh, now he's Mr. Grumpy. Yeah, but, another um, curmudgeon. Yeah, another curmudgeon in this. But uh, yeah, he's uh, this is um, this is the one movie that he said he 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 only he did for the money, one hundred percent for wow. the money. He did this only for the check. Everybody got to eat. Yeah, and um, so this is uh, so. He has quite the run here in the uh, in the 1990s. So you know, in '89, Indiana Jones' Last Crusade was uh, with uh, Sean Connery, then Presumed Innocent, then Regarding Henry, then Patriot Games, The Fugitive, mm. you know, uh, Clear and Present Danger, Sabrina from 1995. That was an unnecessary remake. Yeah, that didn't need to happen. The Devil's Own, uh, Air Force One, Six Days, Seven Nights from 1998, Random Hearts, What Lies Beneath, a really good movie that came out in 2000, uh, 2000. and then with Michelle Pfeiffer, and then in 2002, I don't know what it is about the early 2000s, you know, I guess 9-11 broke a bunch of actors. But uh, or whatever, but it's just fucked over the movie business in in general, and people didn't know what to fucking do, and so they were just doing garbage. But yeah, we have K nineteen, The Widowmaker from two thousand two, Hollywood Homicide. Then and then it's three years off. He does Hollywood Homicide in two thousand three, the movie we're talking about today, and then and he takes three years off. It was so bad, and he does Firewall in two thousand six, and then the fourth Indiana Jones movie in 2008 and more or less since 2008 he's been more or less do other than doing like aggravated uh, grumpy parts he's just he, he's just been uh redoing his other char- his 
legacy characters since then. And Shrinking since, is supposed to be good. I've heard Shrinking is supposed to be that. very, very good. And, and 1923. Uh, 1923, which we just saw, which he's in with Helen Mirren. So he's a great act. He's a really good actor. He when he's used correctly, and when uh, and uh, stuff like that. But uh, anyway, the movie we are talking about today came out in June 2003. Gee, is... Michael, what else came out in June 2003? Oh, thank you very much, Miranda. Yeah. All right. Um, Evil Never Dies. Oh, my God. <laughs> With Eric McCormick looking very much like he's evil and he doesn't die. Swimming Pool. Oh, my gosh. Could you be any more fucking... Oh, That's right. Vegas shit. No, I know that movie. It's a good movie. It's just I hate the title of it. Mm. Whale Rider. Mambo Italiano. Air Panic, the movie Air Panic. God, Special Forces with a guy that looks like Dolph Lundgren but isn't. That's unfortunate. Too Fast, Too Furious, the second Fast Furious movie. Love the Hard Way with Adrian Brody. Oh my God. Dracula Two Ascension. We gotta see that. Oh, Fuck man. yeah, man. Um. Oh my gosh. Overnight, oh god, that that's one of the worst documentaries about an independent movie. Uh, Rugrats Go Wild, the Even Stevens movie with, um, you know, Mr. Even Steven himself. Um, you know. Dumb and Dumber, the, the, the not, the, the fucking, the goddamn. Prequel. Prequel that doesn't have the two fucking big stars in it. You know, bear sex, B A R E. Okay, I was so gonna say not, if it was B E A R, I'd watch yeah, it. They do cocaine and they fuck. Just yeah, like that's just like people. Octane, National Lampoon's Gold Diggers. Oh my god. Ugh. Oh Jesus. From Justin to Kelly. Oh no. Uh, Hulk, Ang Lee's Hulk. Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, Second Nature with Alec Baldwin. Charlie's Angels and The Room. Okay, there this. we go. Airbud Spikes Back, Emmanuel in America, Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas, a cartoon version from DreamWorks. And yeah, which is anyway. But uh anyway, let's get let's Slim Pickens again. Slim Pick yeah, early two thousands there wasn't a lot, you know, anything really good going on so this movie is pretty stacked as far as like cat as far as the cast goes too it's not it it's we have you know isaiah washington bruce greenwood lena olin you know lolita dadovich right Didovich. uh keith david gladys knight master p you know the hip-hop impresario master p hip-hop kingpin of the late of the 90s and 2000s to mid to mid 2000s uh lou diamond phillips is a, as a woman scene. i it, wonder if there was more of him on the cutting floor yeah cutting room floor that is to say yeah uh, all, uh in in drag you know dressing up as a prostitute well he's drag. undercover uh, he's undercover Dra drag is a skill and an art he was just an undercover yeah. cop yeah and uh, and Martin Lan uh, Martin Lando. Yeah, Martin Lando was in this. Robert Wagner is doing a cameo, yeah. getting his fucking. Ha that was one of the most egregious things about this that movie. That really, really irked me. 
because you don't like him or because you think it was unearned? Well, not just, I thought it was unearned, but also I don't like, you know, not a... Well, not just because he the, may have murdered his wife. But no, it was because the um, the woman in the sky cam doing traffic was like, oh, there's Robert Wagner getting his star at Grauman's Chinese Theater, which is not what happens at Grauman's Chinese Theater. Now no, and exactly. And what we saw, what thing. we saw was putting, he was, they fucked it up too. The fucking helicopter yes, people somebody, because they were doing the fucking hands. They were, he wasn't getting his star. He probably has a star. But he I'm was sure getting he his, uh, but he, getting his, Again, it, when he like, done... that's on the boulevard. It's a completely different part of Hollywood. It's a completely different ceremony. Like if you and it's do... up and down a whole bunch of streets. If the you... Hollywood star thing. If you it's do the over... news in LA, you should Hollywood. know that. But they, someone wrote it, someone said it, and they left that line in during editing, knowing that it was wrong. Yeah, it's uh, this is not this is not a really this is not a good movie. These and you, characters. And you forgot are... Keith David. He was, I think, my favorite character. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Keith David is. The best. He was, I he love was the him. The one I enjoyed everything. watching the most, and he wasn't in a whole lot. Yeah, and everyone, you know, he's he's in. Ev- he's of course in my favorite Carpenter movie, They Live, mm-hmm. as well as you know, Requiem for a Dream, Dead Presidents, you know, Platoon, The Thing, something like he was about the only Mary, one really working. Really something about movie. Yeah, really working. Actually, had some energy to him. Energy to him. He's in the nice guys. He's in barbershop. He's in the he's in the bad crash from two thousand four. Um, but he's a great freaking actor. I love him to death. Only six. He's sixty six years old now. My God, he so looks he looks all right. But anyway, the uh, so we have another couple of cops who apparently ha- uh, both of them have side jobs again oh, with these. I know with this I thing know. when it comes to like, I don't think it either the. Either one of these, uh, the writers who wrote this, have know anything about like Holly, uh, Hollywood, ho- being a Hollywood police officer. Uh, from what I little know about, it, is hard, long, it's arduous, full time job. And I think I think the career. idea was it was making fun of LA people in general. You know, Harrison Ford is a detective, but he's also a realtor, which mm. is kind of a typical LA person type. Everyone wants to get into the industry. Josh Hartnett is a yoga fuckboy as well as being yeah you know, he, yeah he's a cop, but he really wants to be an actor, and he also has time to teach yoga on the side I'm and, and, do, sure. and under the and, and getting money under the t- because he, it, I remember that scene was like. How much money are you? Harrison Ford asks him, "How much money are you pulling in here?" And he says, "Like twenty bucks an hour, or like twenty bucks an hour for, or twenty bucks a head for a certain amount of hours, or something like that." That's pretty then, cheap for yoga. I mean, if you're doing drop-in, but I, I don't, I don't think he's getting paid under the table. You kind of have to log in. No, it was ca- I thought that was a cash thing, baby. That's why. I, was, or, no, ne- for ne- that particular thing, I thought that's when he. I've never straight up just paid cash for a yoga well, class. You oh, I know, I know. In real, in the real world, but in the movie, he is asked Maybe about this. Maybe in the early two thousands, you could just pop. The I don't think 20. so, as well. But you know, that, that, there's so many fucking holes in this, and I don't care about any of the. In both these movie, movies, I didn't care about the stakes. I didn't care about anyone's lives being threatened. Dude, there was so shit. much going on with Harrison Ford trying to like sell a couple houses and and going in and between Josh Hartnett banging random chicks and doing tantra and trying to be you know um, Stanley Kowalski that we completely forgot about the whole 
you know, um, hip hop club murder thing. You know, you know the main plot of the, the film. main pro- plot of the film where Isaiah Wash and we're gonna jump all around, ladies and gentlemen, because we really don't care and we're fairly passionate about this. But Isaiah Washington is the big, you know, we're not he's gonna play- jump around any more than this actual movie did. Yeah, it's just uh, Isaiah Washington is playing, you know, an amalgam of uh, Suge Knight and, and Diddy, or like the worst versions, or a bad version of whatever, or a stereotypical version of what. Ever, uh, whatever white two white fucking writers fucking wrote this about like it's a hip hop yeah yes. about the hip hop scene and like oh I've read I've read the transcripts about uh, about you know interrogations between people in the hip hop you know whatever but it just doesn't make any it really didn't make any set it's just awful and such a fucking bad time anyway film's title sequence is done by Wayne Fitzgerald who met marks it as his final time doing a title sequence before his death in September 2019. So he did this in in 2002, and he's done the title sequences for In the Heat of the Night, Bonnie and Clyde, you know, freaking Cool Hand Luke, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, The oh, Graduate, wow. Rosemary's Baby, Funny Girl, The Music Man, My Fair Lady. Holy shit. Goddamn, it, it, The Diary of Anne Frank. Alice is, uh, you know, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, The Silencers. He did a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, just works, uh, you know, worked throughout for many years. Chinatown, Alice Doesn't Live Anymore, Godfather, uh, one, uh, Godfather Those 2. Those are some of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah, he, uh, Footloose, Splash, Terms of Endearment, Big Chill, The Outsiders, Annie, Va- uh, The Original Vacation, The Original Tootsie, Body Heat, Pennies from Heaven from 81, 9 to 5, Reds, Son of a Woman, River Runs Through It, White Man Can't Junk, Basic Instinct, City Slickers, Dick Tracy, Ghost, Total Recall, Black Widow, Down Out in Beverly Hills, The Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, Goodbye Girl, Heaven Can Wait, The Deer Hunter, so many, he's done so many fucking designs for the uh for the title sequences for all of these fucking and I movies. Am a, I am a sucker for a good title sequence. Groundhog Day, Grumpy Old Men, Wyatt Earp, Maverick, Waterworld, all, Diabo, 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 didn't recognize or not recognize the title sequences. What yeah, the were the title sequences? The title sequence was pretty was pretty good. That was one of the more enjoyable parts of this film, actually. Remember, they showed the Hollywood sign. Oh, that very, was actually in, fucking in cool. No wonder the, was it in all the different iterations, different days, different time periods, and all the Hollywood signs that are on storefronts and whatnot all around the city. Yeah, and that was ac- fuck yeah, man. Which, the I best mean, part of the movie. Yeah, which which we you know we see all the time, so it doesn't mean anything in particular to us, but I guess if you've never been and you don't drive around Hollywood so often, it might seem kind of special, but I, I still enjoyed... I yeah. still enjoyed seeing it, being like, oh, hey, I've been there, I see that, I the know that shot. title sequences for California Suite, the end credits for Apocalypse Now, and he also did the title sequences for Grease. Oh, that's... One good, of your favorites. Well, yeah, I, not don't, favorites, I don't know but, about that. But, uh, okay, but, um, sorry, but yeah. But it is a very fun... Yeah, it's opening, a fun opening. Yeah, so this guy, uh, the conversa- did it for the conversation, did all sorts of fucking wonderful stuff. Anyway, so uh, 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 I like praising are. about the praising things about this shit rather than talking about the actual. I enjoy fucking, a good title sequence. Yeah. I do. <laughs> like I said, the best thing about this 
about this movie. And the other main thing is in most buddy cops, buddy cop movies, or in most, you know, pairings of like, ooh, you know, of uh, comedic buddy cop stuff, one usually, and it kind, of, and that's why I kind of put it above uh, the Showtime movie a bit above this one was, even though they have no chemistry, they were opposites. In this, both Harrison Ford and Josh Hartnett are both very sleepy and don't care. Yeah, they are not. They are. They're no it. one's. The other one is uh, one isn't high energy. They're both kind of monotone and tired. I guess I guess the not clash like, is supposed to be that Harrison Ford is curmudgeonly, while Jake Hartnett is supposed Josh. to be. Oh, who the fuck is Jake Hartnett? That's not even a person. I'm sure there's someone with yeah, that I'm name, sure, but yeah. he's not an actor I'm familiar with. Yeah. Um, Josh Hartnett. My apologies. Sir. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, he's very centered and passionate about acting or he's supposed to be in it anyway so i think that's supposed to be the clash there and also uh, but you know i i don't really know i guess he's interested in acting he's kind of interested in acting he seems to have a really good business on his hands you know being With a yoga studio, instructor yes. for like 20 to 30 women just women just women uh, and then bangs regularly which is like yeah josh hart is cute he's not that cute. he's not that cute and i just i mean i guess i i guess and it but also no person maybe it's just because yeah, he's done other stuff too yes. or he's playing a certain role but you need to get uh, get that he's also in uh the uh, three years later he's in de palma's version of james elroy's movie of the black dahlia and he's also oh, yes. fairly tired in that maybe i guess that's just his fucking his thing stick. his yeah. thing is that he's very but it you need to let it uh, but he's just like a dry uh, is very much a dry towel so we got a grisly scowl of a older man so in not Harrison. a wet blanket but a dry towel yeah a dry towel josh harton is dry towel when it comes to you know humor or whatever the fuck he's trying to do in this movie i mm. put uh, exclamation points around exclamation uh, uh, quotation quotation marks uh, uh, quotation uh, fingers quotation fingers around this but uh yeah we have and we also have gladys knight in this movie for no re i mean like other than to shout out oh she's an old uh, she's an old lady from the uh, before times of like 1960s music which they don't really even get into. She just uh, and she also doesn't showcase her voice. So I found no, no, all she this fucking sing weird. It all. She's perfectly fine, but she's fairly wasted. Good. Well, I guess a big part of it is supposed to be um, that Harrison Ford's character is very into the Temptations, and we know this because his ringtone back in the old, um, you know, early aughts midi ringtone days yeah. is "My Girl." And whenever he goes home and he puts on some music, he always puts on The Temptations or something like that. And he's really... So he's really into Motown. So the whole thing is that he knows who she is. She's not playing herself, but she is playing someone who's a backup singer and he knows who she is. And they have this little conversation of... He, and he's like, yeah, you know, I just don't get the new music. And she's like, well, you're not supposed to. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're a six-year-old white man. It's not for you, sir. And it's not like... It's nothing. Yeah, it's, which isn't worth it. It's just fine. Yeah, yeah, and 
the new music hip hop fucking started in just so you know hip hop the origins of hip hop started in like the fucking mid to late seventies. It's not like yeah, I know. The, the, this new music. So you're you're just frightened. But it, even gangster hip hop, which was still pretty big, and uh, and dance hip hop, which got more intense and more misogynistic in the early two thousands, had been around since the like late eighties. Yeah, yes. like I uh, and just got more metastasized. But even metastasized. That's an interesting word to use for a music genre. Well, uh, uh, the neg uh, the negative aspects. Yeah, of, some you. of the negative aspects and the negative he themes and the braggadocio ego bullshit of that's a part that's part of hip hop uh, got metastasized and just got worse and a little bit more uh, toxic and shitty as like we got it as as from the late 80s into early into the early 2000s well, by the time early 2000s every, uh, the white people were misogynistic hair metal and whatnot oh yeah i'm well. i'm just i'm just saying yeah but especially I, I was okay. talking more about the hip-hop genre but of, oh, yeah, of that saying, that's I think one it was of the a theme in music in general of course yeah definitely there's uh just because he, he uh, uh, you know, just because Poison, you know, wrote a song about, you know, feeling emotional towards a woman doesn't mean that they, you know, didn't But she do. was only 17. Or was that White Snake? That's, that's, White, that's White Snake. I don't want to go. But uh, that, just anyway. But it's, uh, but so even by that standards, uh, uh, new music, you know, mm -hmm. this new music, that, that, that fucking phrase doesn't hold much water either not uh, i yeah, i, I like, realize we're not really talking about the plot of the I'm movie gonna because i'm myself I'm, I'm um sorry. she's only 17 was by winger not white snake yeah winger and uh and po uh, poison was by white snake right or was it i think poison was its own band sweetie yeah poison was its own band but i thought there was a song called poison you, you realize I listeners think that was bill bib devoe sweetie uh, okay uh, oh boy yeah poison poison she's I'd rather listen to that than Winger or White Snake. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. I'm that's sure a, that's a little bit more. I, I also White Snake and Winger didn't really have that many. I, I you know, they're not yes. r really remembered of the great bands of the late of the eighties. <laughs> no, no. Uh, the I know we're not uh, uh, audience. We're well, not really talking about the boring. movie because the fucking boring is shit. Let's get fucking through it. Okay, so Sergeant Joe Gal. Gal Gavilin Gavilin, Gavilin, yeah. Gavilin, who's played by Harrison Ford, I believe. Yes. I, I don't know. Yes, he's he, he's, he's, he's so tired, tired in this. Yes. My God, he's tired in this. Yeah, just um, exhausted. He, uh, oh, oh, just, just, just so you know. Yeah, the film was originally going to be a drama before Suge Knight complained to the producers oh shit really and then subsequently they turned it into a com quote-unquote a comedy so that they could they turned this into a comedy did they yeah they turned this they didn't turn it into a it's not funny it's not Wait, even read there's... that read that read that quote again okay i will read with the uh, according to imb which is sus anyway but it is awesome the film was originally going to be a drama before marion suge knight complained to the producers film was subsequently turned into a comedy so well it failed I, well, it didn't. on that front 
Oh my God! They were all uh, according to the DVD commentary. The roles of Harrison Ford and Josh Hartnett play in the movie were also almost reversed in, in real life. Galvin Ford is a good shot and almost a stunt driver. Calden is a lousy shot and driver. In reality, Ford does not like guns and is a very poor shot at best. While Hartnett is a very good marksman in real life, oh, having been, having been through basic training for two other major movies oh, before this one pearl harbor and block hawk down oh that both, totally makes sense both came out in 2001 two years Gotta do your research good for him and yeah a hartman apparently on the other hand does not like to drive while ford is according to the director ron shelton is a maniac behind the fucking wheel well yeah, didn't, we, he, didn't he crash a plane yeah he crashed his own plane his own plane was that in santa paula I, I don't I don't I don't know where exactly it is he was, but yeah he, for, Harrison Ford admitted in an interview that this was the worst film he ever did in his career and that he only did it for the money. That is it. That's true. Yay, that's awesome. Ron Shelton uh, enjoyed working with the hip hop uh, artists so much that he said, "Oh, great, they could be they could be good actors," but um. There's so many Yeah, I mean, they, you know, uh, Luda is entirely on par with everyone else in this film. Yeah. And I, and again, the, I heard some great hip-hop music through this. I like listening yeah, to the Luda. Music, the, the, yeah, the score in general did a lot of heavy lifting in this film. It was one of the, it was one of the bright spots. And I, I will say this. I'd say a good third of this movie, the last third of this movie, is just an action chase scene. Oh, my like, God. Like, good 30 minutes of this movie. Years. And we'll get, uh, get into a little bit of it. But um, just... Uh, they would just uh, apparently, uh, apparently, yeah. Harrison Ford and Josh Hartnett did not get along during production, which is hmm. insane. You can kind of tell, though. And and there, yeah, because there is no no chemistry, real or imagined. It doesn't feel like either one of them was trying to, you know. Oh, uh, uh, so anyway, so he's they're trying to find some fucking hip hop. You know, mur they're trying to f f solve some murder. At the of, of club, there's you know, there's a show. Yeah. You know, everybody's having a good time. Then someone just, um, we see people unpacking some guns, which look actually fairly similar to the guns from the last film. Yeah. Um, the, the, uh, yeah and they sh and they shoot a few people. Yeah, the detectives discover they shoot. They shoot the group, I believe. What yeah. Was it? Gun. Uh, the rap group who were gunned down in a nightclub by two unidentified assailant assailants. And the dis detectives discover that there was a witness who fled, and they work to track him down. They are distracted, failing to bond as partners. Yeah, they are not. Yeah, again, they don't bond. And it's not even like it's is not a uh, it. They I don't even get any sort of. They really needed a better chemistry thing with this, as Galvan had to deal with a looming real estate deal that may be the key to getting out of debt. While Calden further pursues his dreams of acting by trying to be scouted by talent agents and he's he's a decent he's josh Hartnett is an okay actor trying to be an even worse actor saying Which even is more so extremely shit. difficult yeah. if you're a good actor to try try and act poorly you have to go against like all your your internal training you know who's good at that uh, steve buscemi yeah yeah he is meanwhile the manager of h2o click 
the the label yes. is Anton Sartain, which I believe is played by Isaiah Washington, uh, has his head of security eliminate the two hitmen who he had hired to kill HTO Click, an earlier rapper named Klepto that Sartain also managed. Galvain and Calden believe the murders are gang-related, but when Calden happens to see the bodies of the hitmen at the morgue, they conclude that the murders were orchestrated. The detectives also notice similarities that tie the, the H2O click and klepto homicides together. Galavane learns from an undercover officer that the songwriter for H2O click, a man named Cairo, is gone missing, leading Galavan to... Galavillian or whatever the Gavilan shitheads god damn it Galavan to believe he is their murder witness they struggle to track down Cairo until they finally learn his real name Oliver uh, Oliver Robodeau the son of former Motown sugar Olivia Robodeau played by Gladys Knight meanwhile yeah it's uh, meanwhile internal affairs uh people uh person Oh, Bernard Benny Mako, who apparently is going to be kind of like the side big bad in this. Yes, just the side bad. The side bad in this. Yeah, arrives at the sta- station. Mako and Galavan have a back hit bad history as Galavan embarrassed Mako after proving him wrong on a case years ago. The uh, case years ago, the animosity is compounded by the fact that Galavan's latest love interest, a psychic named Ruby, used to date Mako. It's so convoluted and, and I bullshit. Gonna, I was going to say, what you're reading sounds more convoluted and muddled than the thing I just watched. Yeah. Which was already convoluted and muddled. Well, there was just, there was way too much going on, and I didn't give a shit about any of it. All right, I'm going to try and get through some of this. Oh, if you can Lord. Do. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm reading this. All right. So, Mako is intent on ruining Galvad, going so far as to frame him and... Place both detectives in interrogation. And the interrogation scene, that's not even funny. They're trying to play that for laps, but oh, even for yeah. them, the, they're in those interrogation rooms and they're trying to act silly or weird. For, for um, in, yeah, for internal investigations. And, and, and um, Josh Hartnett just takes off his tie and shoes and gets on the table and starts uh, meditating. Okay, and, fine. And, and um, it, the... The officer who's interrogating him um, is like, oh, I have a problem between my L4 and L5. If you could just give me a little massage and, and give me a little of your heart and it, if you magic. Were a better, if you were a better fucking yeah. uh, uh, cop, you would uh, move past that or else try to find the funny, silly, absurd shit in that. But just, no, just trying to be on the side of that. And Harrison Ford kept answering his damn phone with that midi migral uh, ringtone about trying to sell this bloody house this, to the club owner to uh, to a club owner who's trying to look for a new place and wants to would be happy with six five or six i would be happy to go he with wants six to, he wants to play, he wants to pay six martin lando wants five seven and he's he's trying to play them both by saying you know you know tell him you'll give him you know five five he'll go up to this and then you counter with that when it's like they actually could have met in the middle on their own but he's trying to get the commission to try and you know freaking pay off his non-olympus property it's it's all so much fucking info dumping and And he ends up completely no and i don't care i don't care about any of this why why should i give a fuck about 
Harrison Ford's real estate deals. Real estate yeah, deals. the actual the crime <laughs> drama here is the subplot. It's a, not the main plot. No, it's the main story. I'm much more... Well, they got me much more, like, at actually wondering about the fuck real estate than like the you know the supposed murder thing that is supposed I that forgot they, about they the were, murder for a long time because they, he kept trying to sell the house and, and okay uh, uh, I'm gonna get, uh, get let's go uh, alright so instead it only serves to help Galvan and Calvin strengthen their relationship it's not again they don't I don't find any strength between their relationship throughout this entire movie it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere Galvan uh, offers to Help Calden with the case of his father's death. Officer oh God, Danny Calden. Another fucking soul plug. That doesn't make any sense. Officer Danny Calden has been had been gunned down during a sting operation gone wrong with his partner, Officer Leroy Wasley, being implicated but eventually released due to lack of evidence. The partners track down Cairo t- uh, to his home where Olivia professes her son's innocence and that manager, Sartain, was the wo- real culprit. You know, just before... You know what this seems like? This seems like two or three scripts somehow got amalgamated. Again, they probably had a decent, hardcore, thrilling crime drama that was at least coherent and only had one story throughout. And now, since I now know this IMDb information of how how he threatened to fucking probably murder the producers or at least threatened to... You don't want to go against Shug, yeah. No, or at least threaten them to say, hey, don't you be, you know, doing any shit about that's uh, similar enough to my fucking way of life, even though I'm a fucking dubious piece of shit myself. And then just like, he's like, I guess we're going to have to put in some comedy stuff. What's some weird comedy stuff? Real estate and uh, yoga ladies and and, and, and streetcar, and he's trying and to be an actor, and, and we're, bloody uh, sex worker informant, and and this, and that also didn't really get all that fucking wrapped up as well. Another thing that kind of pissed me off about this movie, I never thought I would have so much to say about this movie, but god damn it, this is getting me pissed off. But there, uh, the thing is, is even if you wanted to put in this sec- this third subplot of of. Uh, the, this third subplot of Josh Hart... I'm gonna not say their goddamn characters' names. No, Josh no. Hartnett's fucking father, who is also a police officer, if you wanted to do that whole thing, you don't put it... You don't inform an, an info dump about this huge fucking thing halfway through the movie. Well, well they did again. bring it up just a smidge, you know, because when, when Josh Hartnett is telling Harrison Ford, he's like, I don't want to be a cop anymore. I so want to be an clumsy. actor. He He's... Just like, well, yeah, but, you know, Harrison Ford's like, yeah, but, you know, it's your family legacy type bullshit. You know, your dad was a cop, and he's, like, mentioned something about how he died under mysterious circumstances, and you call it, and you said, oh, that's going to come up later. And it does in the clumsiest, most I-don't-give-a-fuck way possible involving Dwight Yoakam. Yeah, involving Dwight Yoakam, who, again, another really great, uh, when he's used well, Dwight Yoakam, even in the movie that he also was, came out this the in the previous year in 2002, the same time that Showtime came out, he's good in Panic Room as one of the bad guys, along right. with Jared Leto and uh, uh, Forrest Whitaker, playing the three main baddies who try to get the fucking bonds. Anyway, so he knows how to play a fucking menacing and scary he's guy. He's been... Not the problem here. He's, the he's a decent heavy. Here. He's just not used... He's not used properly. There's just properly. too much going on. 
There's, there's too much, far going, too much on. going on. Anyway, let's get. And I'm gonna keep on. All right. So. And with so much going on, I was bored. And I didn't care. And too, when you're info dumping every 15 yeah, minutes, when you're not, when it, it, you're not building any sort of story. You're just dump. Okay. Dot 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 dump. All right. Uh, a little bit, a little bit longer. Dump. A little bit longer is just it just dumping like expositions over uh, every ten minutes of crap that we're supposed to care about. Again, I think that one of the best things and worst things I think is because they made independent, unique crime uh, cinema throughout the nineties. That was so well written, so well done, so interesting. You had these young people writing crime dramas and crime and comedic crime stuff. People ripping off Tarantino and then riffing on Tarantino, and some of it worked and some of it didn't. And then uh, and buddy cop stuff is really uh, is a tried and true thing, and they tried to you know oh what if we get a, a bad uh, what if we get uh do bad sitcom writing and infuse it into this buddy cop uh, uh drama that was going to be a drama and turn into something garbage uh, turn into just straight uh, straight up garbage also it's just they're not good writers on this robert fucking souza it just i i didn't <laughs> that's your that's your name budget was 75 million box office was 51.1 million so it didn't even fucking make Ouch. that much money and so robert i want to find out what who 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 just written by shelton robert souza now robert souza is a well-known action writer and he's written some great action movies overall but this is probably one of the worst things that i have ever seen of him but uh why don't you, uh, you, looks like you found something out on your... No, uh, oh. I was wrong. Okay, okay. I was going to say, oh, this is why the score was so good, because Alan Sylvester did it. But no, I was still looking at the IMDb for Showtime. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my god. Um, Robert Souza worked on uh, the movies Dark Blue, co uh... TV show Cold Case and also the movie Hollywood. It's, it's so he's not even. Oh shit! Either. Okay, so Gavilan was based on Robert Souza, who was a homicide detective in the LAPD oh, Hollywood Division and moonlighted as a real estate broker in his final ten years on the job. The scene where a cuffed crook steals a gun from a patrol officer's belt and starts shooting it off in the parking lot actually happened during Souza's tenure. Okay, so. We are a homicide detective. We are a real estate broker, and then apparently we are a screenwriter. Oh, oh! Here we. Go. Do you want to hear some really amazing news? Oh, what would you read? You go. Okay, the subplot of Gavlin trying to sell Jerry Duran's house to uh, who um, is the um, the big used to be big producer played by Martin Landau. Um, Jerry Duran's house to Julius Armas is based on Robert Souza's real life attempt to sell Robert Evans' house to Dodie Fayette, who yeah. was in the music business at the time, for whom Souza did bodyguard work. Okay. Shit. So, who's. Uh, Alright, do you want to know who this was originally offered to? Oh. Two men who were originally oh, offered to? Oh, let me know. Okay. They were. It, it was originally offered to, and it, just so you know, this is two thousand. This is two thousand two, early two thousand. So picture where they are, but John Travolta and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I can see that. Do you think that's a better movie? It, 
Oh, that depends on a few different factors. It might have made the comedy ring a little bit more, but I don't. That's hard John to say. Travolta. This is after. Um, this is, this is. Uh, uh of course, Battlefield Earth uh, oh, is my. 2000. Swordfish is 2001. Domestic Disturbance 2001. And uh, yeah, it just keeps whatever. But uh, I, I think I, I, I honestly think it would have been a much. Uh, much more of a comedy, it could have been lighter. lighter. Yeah. Uh, John Travolta, sitcom star from the seventies, knows how to play comedy. Knows how to did enough. Co- uh, co- uh, the look and look who's talkings knows how to do the silly, dumb shit. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt knows how to play the also, uh, si- also star, the sitcom yes. shit. And uh, I think that that would that would have worked. Anyway, I I, I got to get through this fucking goddamn. Thing Even already, the synopsis so. is a yeah is really is alrighty. So gun down during the yeah uh, alrighty. So uh, oh, and Andre uh, Galvin also has a script that he's trying to sell, and Josh Hartnett leaves it at the producer's house of the that Harrison Ford is trying to sell, and yada yada, and it all culminates yeah eventually. Yeah, Galvin. Yeah, Galvin offers to help in with the case of his father's death. Officer Danny Calden has been gunned down during a sting operation gone wrong with his partner, Officer Leroy Wasley, being implicated but eventually released due to lack of evidence. The partners track down Cairo to his home where Olivia professes her son's innocence and that manager, uh, Sartain, was, uh, Sartain, was the real carpet. Sartain has been embezzling money from Klepto, H2O Click, and other clients for years. Klepto and H2O Click discovered this and threatened to hire lawyers to nullify their contract, which led Sartain to have had to have his head of security hire the hitman as a lesson to all of his clients. It also turns out that Wesley Wasley is Sartain's security chief, and that Mako, Mako is also in league with him. While the partners cannot locate Sartain and Wasley, Galvin enlists the help of Ruby. She uses her psychic power to lead the two detectives to a clothing store. Just then, Sartain and Wisely happen to drive by, and Galavan and Calden follow in a wild car chase that goes on for forever. forever. The chase ends with four men on foot, well, with the two partners chasing the two culprits in different directions. Well, when Galavan struggles with Sartain, Sartain ends up falling from the top of a building to his death. Wisely has drawn a gun on Calden and loudly brags about having killed his father. Calden utilizes his acting skills to distract and incapacitate Wisely and reveals he has a tape recorder on the whole time. Galavan and Calden reunite as LAPD officers swarm uh, as LAPD officers swarm the scene, but Mako appears and calls for the arrest of two officers. Instead, Mako is arrested for his part in helping to cover up Sartain and Wasley's crimes. Galvan and Ruby are seen attending a production of Streetcar Named Desire in which Calden is playing a lead role. It is implied that Galvan successfully brokered his real estate deal and Calden is given 
is giving his all in the pursuit of his acting dream. However, both of them receive calls from the police headquarters and leave in the middle of the play. Now, solid partners. Now, yeah, so he's, fucking he's shit. Yeah, I knew not. I still don't know anything about any of those characters or remember anything about any of the people who were murdered or any of the people who murdered yes. them. I, yeah. Sorry, so at I the don't. very end, we're at Josh Hartnett's showcase oh, where he's uh, playing Stanley Kowalski. He's God very mid and. I love these words. Very mid. We're just going to say very mid. Yes. Fancy internet word. Go ahead. Yeah, so we hear, you know, my girl in MIDI, and Harrison Ford answers the phone. And then this, I, oh my, I couldn't, uh, then we hear Josh Hartnett's MIDI ringtone, which is Funky Town, which is Yeah, throughout the entire throughout thing. The so we and, know and he's a cool guy. Oh, Lord. A cool you yoga are, guy. Not only did you not silence your phone, you are straight up answering it during a performance. Oh, I think not. Yeah. Yeah, and then they're called to a crime scene, and it's like, oh, I guess I wasn't meant to be an actor. I guess I'll just be a cop. Okay, do one or the other, homie. Oh, my God. It's, it's, it's um... It's not a... Oh, and his acting skill gets his father's murderer to a... Uh, uh, whatever. This... Whatever indeed. Oh, my God. I've had it with this film. Uh, at one point, this movie, SWAT and The Italian Job were all filming on the streets of downtown oh, L.A. Shit. at the same time. They're all three huge, big-budget... You were, Action movies. you were literally saying, like, how did they had to close so much of downtown and the boulevard and whatnot during this just hours long, it felt like, chase sequence where uh, Harrison, Ford, Josh Hartnett commandeers an SUV with a woman and her kids still inside. Um, Harrison Ford ends up commandeering a little girl's bicycle and then he gets on the metro. And I'm like, there is no way in hell you people didn't lose. Who you were chasing and all of this. It's just abysmal. It's just, it's really, it's really abysmal. Don't watch this, ladies and gentlemen. This is not, this was not fun. Only, only if you want to see the biggest, most talented stars of our, of the 20th and 21st century. <laughs> to whom are you referring? Harrison Ford and Robert De Niro and Eddie Murphy. Oh, okay. The biggest stars of the late 20th century and early 21st century, you know, turn in probably the worst garbage of their careers. Pro I mean, like, I well, can't think of anything else that is worse All than I can this, think is that your notes that, out of context will probably make about as much sense as the synopsis you just read. Yeah, this is, anyway, it's, um, and, oh God, what is... Okay, so do you want to hear some thing? What people, some people, what have people said on uh, when it came out? What reviews? Just real quickly. Uh, from from where? Okay, so from the Washington Post, Hollywood Homicide is a buddy film starring two people who, even at as the closing credits roll, appear to have just met, and added every scene between them, and that's mostly every scene feels like a screen test or at best a rehearsal that is that wow yeah one of the few major critics to give it a positive review was roger ebert you are high off your goddamn gourd if you think this is a three out of four star movie oh my god are gosh. you fucking kidding me he probably just loves seeing all the shots of la i enjoyed that as well yeah that that it's more interested in it's two goofy cops than in it's murder plot their dialogue redeems 
otherwise standard scenes. But also, that's not no, true. They're not no, goofy. I when I think goofy, they're trying to be goofy and it's not working. Yeah, and it's not. It's not. Oh, um, this is how I order my hamburger. Oh, I'm gonna get the one with bean sprouts because I'm a young Angelino. They called each other on set a punk, and Hartnett said, "You're you're an old fart." To Harrison Ford. How old? I mean, my God. Right. They couldn't even look each other in the eye through this entire movie. No wonder they don't have any goddamn Just fucking do chemistry. Just damn job. Dude, and... But I... I, I didn't... I didn't care. I... I... <laughs> I didn't know, and I didn't... It did really matter to me. Also, of all the women in this film, they were nothing but sort of subplot devices yeah. and decorations. Not even characters. Not even, like... An individual character like in Showtime with Rene Russo, uh, which was very, 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 very flimsy, but there was nothing. Yeah, quite thin, but she was at least good at her job, I guess. Yeah, I guess. And it's a waste of such decent talent. You You have Gladys Knight. And Lou Diamond Phillips. Oh, in one scene as an undercover sex worker. Yeah, it just... And that was only for the little joke where, you know... Josh Hartnett is making fun of Harrison Ford. He's like, oh, you need to get laid, you know, like I do with, with my students who I take advantage of. And, and, the other and, and, thing. and then he's like, hey, I saw you. I saw you uh, pick someone up. And you don't need to do that. And he's just like, well, that was a guy. And Josh Hartnett's like, oh, I don't need to know that. And also, okay, it's a fucking weird, shitty homophobia shit. And the other thing is, is he's not all that decent of a pickup artist as well because he even, he's he supposedly wants... We want to telegraph to the audience that he is supposedly so much of a goddamn fucking stud that when he calls a lady by the wrong name, she still responds and still fuck wants to fuck him by the end of her interaction. When he says and who, and who, her wrong name and she still responds. And who is the random chick that was just in the hot tub of literally wherever we don't know where he was? That's like, hey, I'm ready for you, Josh Hartnett. Okay, fine. And also, if we're you know, Harrison Ford bangs Ruby a couple of times, she just shows up wherever wherever he wants and lights candles and, and is in lingerie oh, because she has a weakness for cops, not because she is a fully formed human being and, that actually likes him for any particular and, reason. And it, okay, so I'm not just saying this because I heard, uh, um... What'd you hear? No, I, uh, no, I'm just, I'm not just saying this because I read about the fucking, uh, about John Travolta and Joseph Gordon Levitt. I, I... When I think sex appeal, even in the early 2000s, I don't think, even though he's also a guy with brown hair and also very handsome and uh, charming, I, 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 I think myself is that. I don't, when I think sex appeal, I don't think Josh Hartnett. I really don't. Park. I've never in that. Okay, so Wicker Park, two years later, a year got, later. Then you got Matthew who might not be as good looking, but he's so much more charming and charismatic. But I just love charismatic. Him. Yeah, and I that's the ma- other main thing is Josh Hartnett is not care. He is yeah. a lot of things, and he knows how to play stoic. He knows how to play subtly humorous. At he knows how to do film. the. I haven't seen all of his films, so I won't make that blanket judgment. Well, I've seen quite a few, and he when he's used well, it's great, but it's um, but he, he needs to be used in a very uh, particular way, but when I think sex symbol, even in the early 2000s, I don't think 
Josh Hartnett. I think of like I think of like tired, smoldering, uh, aloofness. You know, which used to be which is exactly his character in this film. Yeah, but it's not very interesting. And it's also like so we have tired aggravation, which is Harrison Ford and. Tired, also aloof, uh, aloofness without any like it's all just emotion. Very tired. Just uh, yeah, without all, any of that. And up, uh, and we do have Bruce Greenwood in this movie as Be- uh, as Lieutenant Bar- Bernard Benny Macko, Bruce Greenwood, who I really love in a lot of a lot of movies throughout the eighties and nineties, and so so many great uh, things. Just uh, gosh, why why can't I fucking think of anything right now? But. Uh, you know, Thick as Thieves, Disturbing Behavior, Double Jeopardy. He's been in so many big budget playing like a uh, a quote-unquote bad guy or a annoying bad guy. Like the, in in so many uh, action movies, you always have... in Or so many action movies, you always have the uh, main bad guy and you have the irritant. The irritant that's kind... That's that's uh, morally dubious or might be on your side and you al- uh, also have the main the big baddie and this didn't even have this didn't this had too many sub fucking this had too many subplots and not enough actual characters yeah anyway i I didn't give a shit about any of them yeah so all right now we get to my uh, the part that's going to hopefully enlighten and make things a little bit more fun let's get to Notes without context. Notes without context. Hi, this is Notes Without Context. I'm Michael James Benson, also known as Spiky Mikey, also known as Mikey B, also known as Bare Legs, also known as Mr. Badass, also known as Turtle the Great, uh, also known as uh, Silius Ruby, also known as uh, Derlin McRooney. I... Am going to be doing some notes on Hollywood homicide. These are out of uh, out of context notes that you know I did not that I can't read well. So here do we go. Do you need light? I I can. Let's do light. Let there be. Yes, as that guy in the sky once said, "Let there be light." And now I can see. The wonderful words I definitely that are definitely real. Here we go. Shooting range. Very early 2000s. Is this another gun death? Oh, no. They're dead. Hip-hop slow ending and the guns go off in at the bedroom. At the bedroom. The club shot up. Beeping songs for the taser phones. And the, and the heart net was at yoga. Hartnet was at yoga. H2O click. Eating oceans. Eating Dean Sprouts. Eating bean sprouts? Eating Dean Stouts. And whole wheat. Better director. Focus. Focus Dawn. Sartain. A credit cell phone bullshit. Ooh, he's in sync with the Phantom of Peace. Well done, 615. Toad charge. Dud. A puddle of piss, just the real estate pervert with his real estate broker. Six on six million, Mount Olympus. A witness, real cliches are bound, uh, are are bean t- uh, bean trees. 
real cliches are are bean trees or oh our real cliches are beauties i prefer bean trees ah real uh, real click real clicks are beautiful no Cliche were cliche was awful. Why should I care about his real estate shit? Rich producers, well before my time. When you grow up on an actor's your bliss, Mr. Robert De Niro here. <laughs> oh yeah, they said Mr. Robert De Niro here. That's a fucking phrase that was said in the movie. Lou Diamond Phillips and drag K Cairo Kmart. Harrison likes good music. Ruby also helps, so he he berserks in that. What? You. <laughs> Ruby can help, so he berserks in that. Danny and the Flame. Auto Playboys. Peaking lighting on for this of court. Josh has that type of has that type of game. His gummy bear body, Stella, <laughs> similar white, silver, hot car in both movies, a warrant for the beer. <laughs> Where is, what is that in my locker? Tantra books, I hardly knew her cunnilingus money. Didn't realize her, uh, in, she was an informant, look at her butt. Angry men trying to negotiate. Typical buddy shit. More exposition. Josh's dad is gonna come back in the story. Picking up a guy's cop car. Casey Callan needs to be a showcase mur uh, murdery. Party on Cleo Street. Took the gun and one in the sp and one in the spout. Ooh. Practicing in the car sale. Uh, in the car, Sartain has off-dirty cops and uh, shooting up his place. Studio talking that Andre 3000 of CNU. Jelly camera, Columba Columbus. He was a Columbo for Finding America. Fellow <laughs> portal. Sarah gonna script my Sarahton. Oh my god. Oh. Uh, sorta gotta script my SRK got a script called Nasty Baby. Okay, cop copulating of funds. I hardly knew her. I hardly knew that $20 bill. Klepto, oh my. What about the crypto, my klepto friend? Dead and in prison slobs. Slabs. Dead and in prison slobs. Prison slobs are the dead people. They're, they're, on, they're slapping. Uh, on the morgue, prison slabs on the morgue, lips are mounting Motorola campaigns against them. Indian Hartnett loves to dig up boys' bodies. Harrison under my water as far as my mayor goes. Ralph Cramden is, is great in the buttocks. What? That's what, that's what I uh, read. That's what I said. Taking care of Mr. Duran, anger me Duran's Duran. Ronaldo, Cairo is is Ohio. Casey is doing with borders, earning 9/11 money. <laughs> A cop who can't stand her stand dead bodies. Why'd you get in the fucking business, you yoga fucker? 
A yoga intrude to be cop psychics. Step bro messing up my mom's Tony bit. Deep and throbbing klepto murder and trough. My people blossom, so he's in it for the haberdashery. And Houston, and Houston has his his sick body. Who or was what? making hats? I don't know. I'm just reading what's on the. It's here. Haberdashery. Yeah, rare that some that the scenes some sense both had sex. What? Tough cases in. The tough case is three weeks. Rocks think geography times Benny Macko. Guy keeps score. Weaknesses for cops. My blender butt. Saki attempts to eat 65. No steaks. And I dare say cluttered drag zone eats the crime town. I don't Rudy care. Humble can't find the guy. Lubin is the bath. Guard center for yourself. Johnny Johnny Cochran came up in my cherry hole. One more time, Shapiro. Maybe I can drone on to kill him at the harbor. Pajamas hunt him down, keeping all the threesomes. Is this based on bullshit with Sugar or Diddy? Officer Webb Wosley. This side story with... Hartnett's dad needed to be more organically put together. None of the, none of them have any thought or anything. Just for men is the sex that she has. Is she Greenwood's wife who's cheating on him with Harrison? Is Her here Harrison has the interrogation scenes where he improvs something about m m moose. About Meese. Mako is trying to fuck you in the butt, Harrison. Rhyming Joe knows how to go. Psychic does the Sunset Plaza movie. Rodeo Drive going broke after Sartain's. Harrison's screening to get a, a five shot. Hartnett in the van with the, ki uh, with the two kids. Kangle hat. Cab's... In L.A., more cheese than I was into, please. And then I hummed my plunket. Did you? Keep going with the phantom call. Oh, with the phone call. That makes more sense. Bad writing of dialogue, paint. Don't beg. A lot of producers with... A lot of procures of how this ended up so ugly predictable shit top of the roof it's no characterization ai shot down the building and into a nail not a lot of detecting detecting this bullshit could have called this a movie staining embrace my sundance the distillery. Where did you go <laughs> when you were writing that? I don't know. I wrote down whatever thoughts I had about the movie. I think apparently. you were thinking about something else. Did you go somewhere else during this film? <laughs> I, 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 maybe. I don't remember. Maybe I just had a blackout of trying to remember what happened. Because, like I said, uh, listeners, the last, like, 
35 minutes of this movie is nothing but a goddamn chase scene. And you know I zone out during those, but I think... I did too, and apparently was writing down all sorts of other nonsense. Like <laughs> apparently. Other because I was much more interested in that. Okay. Well, um, that's it, everybody. It uh, sure thank you for is. listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. You have a wonderful day. I'm Michael. I'm Miranda. All right. This is Top Notch Nonsense. Goodbye. Goodbye.